the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on K-Praise designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hey, friends, how you doing? Welcome to Come Together San Diego. You know, if you've ever thought that you had, <laughs> had a book or let's say a song hidden within in you, uh, we're going to help you excavate that today on the first hour of this show. I'm going to introduce you to a lady named uh, Kathy Pelton, and she is involved in a ministry called Inscribe Ministries, which is a ministry for writers. And if that's you or soon to be you, you need to pay close attention to what we're going to share with you uh, in the first hour. But we're also going to talk if you ha- about if you have music inside of you. She is also aware of that. Or if you are a prayer warrior and you don't even know that, you'll find that Kathy uh, Pelton is a gal who can insp- inspire all those things. And the second hour, we're going to dig deeply into the Bible uh, with a friend, Robert Colucci, and he's going to tell us a little bit about some of the different character traits of God going from Old Testament to New Testament, the Gospels and the Prophets and beyond. So he's going to be with us in the second hour. I know you're going to be excited about that. But first of all, let me introduce Kathy Pilton and uh, her one of the multitude of ministries in which she's involved is called Inscribe Ministries for Writers. Hey, Kathy, how are you doing? I am great. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you just fine, Kathy. Great. It, it's, it's, I've been looking forward to uh, visiting with you. I think I, as I was just going back on my recollection, which, you know, last I, I can recall things from a day or two in the past. Uh, I think you and I had really crossed paths when, when Washington, D.C. area. Is that where we first met? Yeah, we were at the Awaken the Dawn family gathering yes. in Washington, D.C. when we met. Yeah, And, and who'd have known, who'd have thought that here we are... Uh, several months thereafter and uh, uh, talking about other stuff. Uh, Kathy, you you are a a multitude of wisdom. I I appreciate this. The more I found out about you, the more I realized, you know, some people have a calling. You have callings, plural. So tell us a little bit about the uh, Kathy Pelton callings, and then uh, we're going to dig into them in a systematic sense. Kathy Pelton, lay it on us. Yeah, well, I mean, when my husband and I started, um, you know, back in the 80s, we were vineyard pastors, and we did that for 16 years, and then went to, I really went through a dark night of the soul, where I really struggled with a deep depression, and after a three-year wrestle um, of getting free of that, but and this is this is 25 years ago. Um, I we just really God launched us all of a sudden into international ministry, and we ended up going to um, to um, Kelowna, British Columbia, and we um, worked with Patricia King, and we directed the ho- a house of prayer there. So all of a sudden, the prophetic was open up to me, you know, just doors open where I was traveling with a lady named Patricia King, who uh, just just is an amazing voice throughout the, actually throughout the nations. And we 
through the house of prayer, you know, really began to connect with um, just nations and, and regions and realizing that we really had a call on our life to carry the verses in John 17 about uh, when, when Jesus has the prayer for unity and bringing unity to regions and nations and people groups. And so we just began to do that and then began to write at the same time. And that writing just took off and God just put so much favor on it. It was really quite amazing. Yes. You know, one of the things that you say, by the way, you need to know, Kathy, that I have an ulterior motive in bringing you on. Not only do I want to highlight the things that God has called you to do and encourage others to do, but I also would like to use this hour to inspire other people if they've been thinking about, maybe I'm a writer, maybe I'm a singer, maybe I'm a prayer. I want you to take that anointing that you have, and I want you to proclaim that into the lives and the ears (laughs) of our listening friends. Would you be so kind to do that? Yeah, so it was really interesting because I started just writing. There was an invitation to write for a um, subscription called a a publication called Elijah List. And I submitted something back in, I think, 2002. And just just really as a, you know, oh, well, I feel like there's something that maybe is on this. And they ended up publishing it. There's a longer story behind it, but... They ended up publishing it, and, you know, I think this, from there, they began to publish my writings, like, monthly, and now I've been writing, I, that really is how my writings got out there, was I began writing for the Elijah List, and then other publications came on the scene, started picking them up, and then I started being invited to speak and do all these things, and, you know, I was just this stay-at-home, homeschool mom wife that was taking care of a, a, you know, helping take care of a local church. But I had this longing to write and I knew there was something in me. And I guess I think that the thing that I see the most is that I dared to believe and risk and put something out there. And it was really the hand of the Lord because the favor that fell on me by just taking this little gift that really wasn't even honed into the way it is now, you know, I mean, just it, God just breathed life on it. And all of a sudden, this writer emerged from yes. me that I really didn't even know was in me. Yes, yes. yes. And we're going to talk, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. But here, here's, I'm going to uh, posture a comment, and I want you to speak to this. You know, there are people that are going to be listening, uh, that are listening right now, and they'll be listening into the archives, that, that have a calling. It may not be to write. They, they may not be a writer, but they have a calling in there. Who, who knows? It may be singing or worshiping or praying or any one of a number of different things. But one of the things that every one of us is called to do is to be the fullness of what God has called us to be. So we want to discover that, and I'm trusting that you're going to help me help them, our listening friends, identify what that calling is and encourage them to take those first steps. And one of the things, as I understand your story here, some of the first steps are simply just getting it out there and just seeing how God may stir it, and he may choose a different way for each person to stir it up, and he may stir somebody to your left and to your right my listening friend that says, I like that. Let's team together and do something. So um, I'm entrusting you, Kathy, as a co-host with me on this full hour here to uh, inspire our listeners to take those steps as well. So uh, in the in the next segment, I'd like you to spend a little bit of time talking about 
some of the worship components that you're doing, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about that, and we'll talk a little bit about the inscribed ministries for writers, and we'll talk about some of the other callings, not only upon you, that may be also upon our listeners, and help them get from here to there. Would that be fair? That would be great. I love it. We've got about uh, one minute left of this segment. As my co-host, I'm going to put this on you. This, and here, here's my request. Would you pray over our listeners for the remainder of this, uh, regarding the remainder of this hour, that they have ears to hear about uh, what uh, God's going to be speaking to them through uh, the words spoken or written coming from you, Kathy, and me? And uh, uh, let's see where this broadcast goes. So what we're doing, my listening friend, is we're handing the baton off from ourselves, from Kathy and Kaz to Holy Spirit (laughs) and see where he takes us. Would you be so kind as to spend a minute or so and then we'll get into a commercial break and then you and I'll be back? Would you be so kind, Kathy? Yes, that would be awesome. Holy Spirit, we thank you for um, your kindness that there are gifts, there are there is beauty in each one of the every person listening to this broadcast. There are beautiful gifts and some are hidden and some are right there to be to be taken. And we just ask Holy Spirit that you will right now begin to give the courage and the and the confidence to actually breathe upon those gifts and see them emerge in the right settings, in the right place, in the right timing for them to, that we would steward the gifts you've placed in us. And I just speak over each one that, and we call forth their gifts. We call forth their, their anointings. We call forth the calling on their life that Every, every person has. So I bless them. I bless that they will hear, that they will receive, and there will actually be a birthing of their gifts in this in this hour, in Jesus' name. Uh-huh. Okay, my listening friend, thank you, Kathy. Uh, you, you've been prayed for. You've been declared over, my friend. So I want you to buckle up and prepare for what Holy Spirit and uh, the Lord himself is going to be giving to you in the remainder of this hour, but also some stuff that's coming in in this second hour as well. So uh, Kathy uh, Pelton, uh, and uh, Kaz, we're going to gear up, get ready, because God's going to stir you to do some other stuff when Kathy and I come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Okay, guys, it's time for me to be totally honest with you. Here's the deal. <laughs> I have an ulterior motive in these shows, as uh, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I have an ulterior motive, and that ulterior motive is to have the people that are my co hosts on these shows be an inspiration for you, my listening friends, because we want uh, what God has given all of us to be an inspiration for you uh, and what God has called you to do as well. And this is the case with uh, my co-host for this hour, Kathy Pelton, and uh, she is uh, a minister uh, of multiple strengths and one of those strengths is in stirring people to become writers and that ministry is called inscribe ministries and kathy it's a, it's a pleasure having you on my listening friend i guess you can tell we, we talked about a number of different things from prayer with kathy and worship 
regarding uh, Kathy's callings and also writing. So we're going to systematically go through these things in this broadcast, and we'll use these things as springboards or stepping stones for you. So, Kathy, thank you for joining us. I, I'm, a, I'm impressed every time I dip into your uh, Facebook page or uh, read some of your posts and things like that. You're a lady of uh, multiple skill sets and talents. So um, I know you you love to see other people ele- be elevated to the fullness of their calling as well. What have you to say about that in general? And then I'm going to have you dive into some things tied to worship. Of course, my listening friend, we are going to deal with writing soon. But be patient because I want you to hear some of other some of the other callings upon Kathy because these may be callings upon you as well. Kathy Pelton, uh, worship-related stuff. Where's your heart in that? Well, one of the things that I've seen throughout, you know, we've been doing ministry for over 30 years, and I see the most change in an atmosphere and in people's hearts in the atmosphere of worship. And so we have worked with, you know, national teams, and actually we've worked for 20 years with a global team that goes to different nations, goes to different regions, and we release like four days of of prayer and praise. And we have watched over and over, and, and I've seen this in my personal life, that in those times of just getting and you just go to worship. And and in that place, all of a sudden you meet with him and he begins to, exc- you know, just bring forth everything that was buried within you. There is ju- it just be- creates an atmosphere for nations, for regions, for individuals, for the corporate body. Worship will draw out the beauty in you. And we and we just see that all the time. And so I always, for me, every morning, I get up very early in the morning, I start with worship. That's that's where I go first. That's where my even my writing comes from, is out of worship. Oh, I love that. You know, um, God's desire is to have an intimate relationship with us. And we can't have an intimate relationship with Him until we acknowledge who He is. And that's where worship and praise and that intimacy comes from. And, you know, it's kind of like when you're walking with somebody like uh, like Adam did in the cool of the day, God can inter- inter- invest into your future and say, have you thought about this? Hey, Adam, have you thought about naming all these animals? What? Yeah, that's I'm calling that upon you. And so uh, as you walk with Him in the cool of the day, my friend, and, and it's called worshiping, uh, him and uh, and talking with him in prayer, he's going to whisper things into your ear. You go, you know, I- I've had these things about maybe I wanted to do this or that or the other. And he'll go, well, let's get past the wanting to because I want to empower you because what you do now that you know me is going to glorify me in your doing of it. So let's talk a little bit more, uh, Kathy uh, Pelton. Uh, with Inscribe Ministries. Let's talk a little bit more about the worship component. I, I, I have observed you. You have such a heart cry, and the people that uh, seem to surround you or that you surround yourself with are really prayer warriors and worshipers as well, and out of this come other things. So you just were involved in a venue for um, Tent America 2019, 400 tents around the United States, all synchronously worshiping the Lord for 50 consecutive hours. You were a regional director. That was including not only your home state of Oregon, but what did that look like? And then kind of share this vision with other people who will want to be worshipers as well. Kathy Pelton. 
Yes. So over um, the Feast of Tabernacles, which is was just here in October, which is actually when when the Jewish people go out into into a tent, into a under a canopy, and they go out in the open air and they and they spend the time with the Lord there. So we we actually across the nation, but we did this. I was the host of the one in Portland, Oregon. We set up tents all throughout the nation, and in those tents, it was fifty hours of nonstop worship and prayer, and it was absolutely amazing. It'd never been done in Portland, and especially in the wind and the rain, there was a massive storm, and we literally saw we. It was just miraculous how God had worshipers come for 50 hours. And the most beautiful thing was in the night watch seasons or nights, it was just amazing. The young people just flocked into the tent and came and just worshiped their hearts out all night long. And it was, it just, that changes. We saw homeless people literally just weeping and, 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 being there, we so they would come in. We saw people that had never been in that atmosphere. Their lives changed, and we know it actually released something over the city and over the nation. Yes, and I, I've been I, one of the fun things was reading your posts about uh, some of the challenges that you faced with this little tent. Now, this I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a minute or two, two to tell this story before we dive into other things. But the amazing thing about this tent is there was a little label on it that says something like "Do not use in inclement weather" or something along those lines. It was a flimsy little plastic tent, and the, the, it, this was not just a, a small drizzle in Portland, Oregon. It was a torrential downpour. Tell us that story and what do you think God's message was yeah. in the midst of that, and how. Many people were I- I- impacted by this little, you know, meeting in this little tent that was not built for this. And it was an illustration of uh, our own fragility in our own bodies and how worship and praise can deliver us. Kathy Pelton, tell us that story. Yes, yeah, so we were given two tents to put together. So they were like 10 by 30 tents, and we, we put them together, and they were literally little summer event tents that have a label on them that says, do not use, actually don't even keep them up overnight. Don't <laughs> use them in wind or rain. And we didn't just have, we were, number one, we were keeping it up for three to four days, and we were filling it, but we had not just a little rainstorm. We're talking like a flooding rainstorm, (laughs) wind-like, and we were up on a hill, so the wind was fierce, and I don't know how the, I said the biggest testimony that came out of that tent is this little tent. We had literally all hands on deck, people, you know, taping it and doing things, but it's stood it stayed it there's absolutely no way in the natural this thing should have been able to last an hour <laughs> let alone all 50 hours and we how we had electricity there i was just a it was the whole thing was a miracle and our worshipers even in the midst of their feet being drenched their <laughs> you know rain coming in they never stopped they my, my. just the 50 hours it never stopped and it was such I thought God this is who you are through the wind and the storms we don't stop you sustain us my my and so this besides you know you had you were posting this on uh, on Facebook and I had a chance to dip in every once in a while to that and I would listen to you guys and worshiping uh, and your daughter's name and Luke and your daughter's name his his bride what's your daughter I'm sorry 
Amy. Amy. So Luke and Amy were there in the tent doing worship as were you. And I would be watching and listening. I'm going, what's that sound in the background? I mean, I love their worship. And there was a little in the background. And then I looked underneath the tent. I could see underneath the tent and there's water torrentially falling outside. I'm going, that's rain. And they're in the thick of this. <laughs> it was so cool yeah. to see that happen. So we've got about a minute and a half or two minutes left in this segment. Would you spend this time translating the natural things that happen to you into spiritual encouragements to our listening friends? Yeah, I, it, for me, you know, I just want to tell everyone out there that you may feel like a, a little weak tent <laughs> that, um, th- that the storms have been sent upon. But when the Lord's hand is upon you and when worship is released in you, because we were releasing worship, it will sustain you through the storms and it will hold you up and God will you know, bring out of you because out of that tent, things were changed and out of you, out of the tent of who you are, everything can change as you release worship in the midst of the storms. And I just believe though, though the enemy comes in like the flood, God raises up his standard (laughs) and, and you are sustained. So I just, yeah, that's what I want to encourage you with is this was a picture of our lives, how God can hold up and he, his tent pegs hold us in and he anchors us in the midst of storms. Oh my, what a great story. And my friend, get the picture on this. Throughout the United States, over 400 tents concurrently worshiping and praising the Lord. And whatever the weather was, in some areas, it was a beautiful, you know, sunset, sunrise and things like that. And in Portland, Oregon, it was... going on at the same time. Everybody was steadfast in their calling to worship the Lord for 50 consecutive hours. And uh, God was uh, glorified in every single state. And what a remarkable thing that was. So my listening friend, the encouragement to you is God is going to identify your calling and sometimes that may be inclement spiritual weather in your life. And God wants you to know that he will sustain you. And uh, Kathy Pelton of Inscribe Ministries from Portland, Oregon and beyond, she and I are going to talk a little bit more about that in future segments. And we're going to talk in the next segment about being a writer. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that just may be you and what God wants you to do about it. So, Kathy, I know you're with me for the remainder of this hour. My listening friend, Kathy Pelton and Kaz will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Hello, San Diego. This is Rick Sines from uh, Red Seal Ministries. I just bless you and ask you just to receive the love of the Lord at this time, uh, this open season we have in San Diego. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And glad to be back with you with my co-host for this hour, Kathy Pelton. And she is a minister of many different talents and callings, one of which is called Inscribe Ministries, which is tied to encourage you uh, as a writer. You know, Kathy, uh, you're not a guest. I've told you that before, have I not? 
<laughs> Kathy, yeah. you're not a guest. You are a co-host. So I'm going to, you know, and co-hosts have a certain uh, level of uh, autonomy and freedom. So I'm going to set the stage here and I'm going to hand the baton to you, co-host. And that is this. You know, my friend, Scripture says that, uh, in, that from God's perspective, he says, you are our epistles known and read of all men. And my friend, that's true. You are one of God's letters, and if you will, a love letter to other people that you can read about God's character, his love for them in your life and lifestyle and your life ministry. So what God wants to do is to stir people like Kathy Pelton of uh, Inscribe Ministries to help you be inspired to write what your epistle sounds like or looks like. Uh, and encourage you to write that some way, shape, or form so other people can get a sense of God's stirring to and through you so that can be an inspiration for them as well. So I'm going to hand the baton or the ink pen (laughs) over to Kathy to talk a little bit about Inscribe Ministries and ask you, Kathy, to also include website information and use this as a, a tool to encourage other people to jump into uh, or discover if they've been actually called to write. And I'm going to kind of hand this over to you to stir people and tell people about Inscribe Ministries. Thank you, co-host Kathy Pelton. Thank you, Jazz. Hey, um, yeah, well, Inscribe Ministry was actually created because both my husband and I have such a desire to encourage the body of Christ to to see them thrive, to see the body of Christ actually step into who they are, to encourage them in their identity through writing, through speaking, and stuff. But 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 we really use it as writing, and we based it off of the um, scripture out of Habakkuk two two of record the vision so that the runner may run because. It Unless you have vision, you don't know what to run after. So we we use writing as one of the tools and one of our main tools that we bring forth a vision so that people can run the, the vision of who they are, the vision of what the Lord says about them, the truth of His Word. So He has a Word. And, and, and you know, you read the writings of David in the Psalms and stuff. Writing is such a powerful tool to inspire people to move forward. And, and so we just, um, through, through Inscribed Ministries, we use many different, um, from speaking to writing to so many things. And singing, writing. by the way. Yes, yes, singing. <laughs> so actually, like we, we encouraged our daughter when she was, she's 26 now, but when she was, I think, uh, 11 years old, we had her write, we had encouraged her to write, and she wrote something that went all the way across the nation called Kids in Prayer, and it was literally, she wrote prayers and in, and invited kids to pray them across the nation of Canada while we were living there, and it actually went national at uh, this little 12 year old writing and now she writes music and stuff so we want to pull out those songs that um that you have within you we want to pull out through just the encourage through our writing which is encouraging you is the lord's voice that that literally calls it forth from you and prophesies the gift to come out of you so that is really the heart of inscribed ministry is to see the fullness within you the fullness of christ brought forth in in your writing gift in your singing gift in whatever you're carrying very good and i think this is an appropriate time kathy for you to mention a website that people can 
find out more about Inscribe Ministries? Yeah, so our website is www.inscribeministries.com. And um, yeah, you can go there and learn more about us. Um, and we also, we also just this year, we started a, business, a publishing business called Inscribe Press. So now we actually, the people that are writing, we have created a, a publishing business so that we can edit and help them actually get their books published as well. Wow, wow, wow. And one of the things, a big task I, I've found as a, as a writer is, is to have a good editor. Somebody who can go, yes. here's what I'm reading. Uh, what did you, what in the world did you mean by this statement? Is this what you meant? Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. So, you know, don't think it has to be pristine when you finish your writing skill. There are other people to your left and to your right that will not only help you with the editing component or may even help you with the publishing component, or you may be one of those people who can come alongside a writer and say, you know, I've got a pretty good sense of what sounds right. Let me help you uh, adjust this so that it's palatable for human consumption. <laughs> so yeah, any fur- so any further thought on that? Of- We've only got about one minute left in this segment, so why don't you uh, bring this to the c- uh, close, and then we're going to get into the next segment, because you mentioned a comment about uh, God uh, prophetically working through you. We're going to talk about what that looks like and sound like in the next segment, uh, but a quick word of encouragement, uh, Kathy Pelton. Yes, so if you have, if you feel the longing to write, if you have a story within you, like we can really help you to to pull that out because not everybody understands all the, the art of writing, but you may have a profound story. You may have a song and not necessarily know how to um, put music to that. There is always somebody who can partner with you to bring that gift to its fullness. And, and to, because my gift isn't, complete without my husband who's an amazing gifted editor and so led it's it's all about partnership everything in christ is about partnering and so don't be afraid to take the gift that you have and let it be partnered with a gift that somebody else has so that you can see the fullness of the beauty of it come forward my my uh portland oregon's inscribed ministries uh minister uh kathy pelton i'm gonna i'm gonna make a statement here and i want you to speak briefly about this in this segment. And one of the things that Kathy has said over and over again, and that is, you don't have to have the whole picture. One of the things that has been a challenge in this church age is you have different people who have ministries and they feel the weight of having to do everything themselves. The truth of the matter is God's whole intent is to have us come in partnership left and right, up and down, not only in partnership with him, but in partnership with the person to your left and to your right, because he didn't intend you to have all the stuff. Jesus himself has all the stuff, and we collectively, as, a, as his body, have pieces of that. And as we come together horizontally, he invades us vertically, and all of a sudden, it's not a Kathy thing or a Kaz thing or a Joe, Sally, Sam thing. It is a God thing through his kids and and that's really where he wants us to be. Speak briefly of of that before we go to the next uh, uh, segment, uh, Kathy. Yeah, I believe that everything in the in the body of Christ is about family, and family all has you know different functions, and that really is God desires His family, and the beauty of that is that 
within family, within partnership. Jesus is always looking to partner with us, his bride. And in that, there's there's sons and daughters and fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters, and they all possess different gifts. And when you bring those together, it's like a beautiful symphony with Jesus as the orchestra, as the conductor, and it's it just makes everything perfect. So I may just be a triangle, but when you put me <laughs> with all these other um, instruments, what you have is a triangle that sounds like a symphony that like um, releases such beauty. So, yeah, don't despise the, the piece that you have, because ask the Holy Spirit to join it with the other pieces. I just got a vision on this. My listening friend, Holy Spirit kind of has his way of, you know, stirring different visions. When you said a triangle, can you get what the triangle is, that musical instrument that's a, a triangle? Now, what happens when somebody else joins you that is a triangle, too? When you put those two triangles on top of each other, you equal the Star of David. And the Star of David is the symbolism of that intimacy between God and man, man and God. And when you have that uh, double triangle in your life, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, impacting and empowering you, my friend, all of a sudden he creates a symphony out of something you thought was just monotone. (laughs) So he's going to do that with you, my listening friend, and whatever your calling happens to be, he's going to do that. He's going to stir his spirit within you and through you. Uh, Kathy, one of the things that I really appreciate in this first hour, uh, we're going to spend some time here. I I know this happens all the time, Kathy, and that is I have preconceived notes. (laughs) And, you know, like a worshiper, sometimes you have a song list, and sometimes that song list does not maintain your original inscription. Holy Spirit takes a hold of it, and no telling where it can go. So are you game for this last segment to kind of let Holy Spirit have his way? Who knows what we're going to talk about specifically? I think we're going to talk about the prophetic side of this and how we have skill sets and God wants to blow on that and uh, change the rules a little bit. Are you game for that? Oh, that's my favorite thing. So, I, knew, yes. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it would be because uh, I've I had a little chance to kind of dig into who Kathy Pelton is. And you are a lady who loves to move forward, but you also love to listen and obey. And my listening friend, if that's you, you're going to love this last segment with Kathy Pelton of Inscribe Ministries when she and I come right back. More. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Kathy Pelton, it's good to have you with me as the co-host on Come Together San Diego. Kathy, oh what fun. The hour goes quickly, does it not? It does, it does. (laughs) And uh, we talked a little bit about Inscribe Ministries, and you flavored your conversation to our listeners with a a phrase that talks about let the prophetic gifts that God gives you, let them loose, broaden your tent pegs. So uh, let's spend just a little bit of time identifying what that looks like and sounds like. You know, a lot of people have a tendency to be a little bit apprehensive when you use the word prophecy or, or, or God speaking to people. But that's really nothing to be afraid of. In fact, that's one of the ways speaking directly to his kids that he communicates. He also uses things like uh, writing. He also uses things like bumper stickers, (laughs) TV commercials. He'll use whatever he's got to communicate truths to his kids. So let's talk a little bit, and I'm going to hand it over to you, Kathy Belton of Inscribe Ministries. 
I'm going to hand it over to you, but talk a little bit about the ways that people can expect to hear from God. And the Bible talks about uh, having a pen, the pen of a ready writer. So we want to inscribe what he tells us and then share it with other people. Kathy Pelton. Yeah, you know, one of the ways that I hear from the Lord is, like I said, I I get up really early in the morning, which you don't have to get up really early in the morning, but that's a great time to stop and listen. And I just enter into worship. And very often, um, I would be what people would consider a seer, which which would be, I see a lot of pictures. I see a lot of um, visions or or pictures that the Lord um, speaks to me through. But I will hear just one word, one line, even, even just all of a sudden wake up with a a line to a song going through my head, and I will just meditate on that. And all of a sudden, the Lord will speak to me something He not only wants to encourage my heart with, but He wants to encourage His his body. You know, He will speak to me because He loves His children. So He's always telling me ways to encourage them and words to. And I will begin to write those down or, or go on a live broadcast and begin to speak them out and just bring forth you know, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what I'm sensing. So it doesn't always, it's not an audible voice. It's just those thoughts. You have, you learn to pay attention to that still small voice that's, that's speaking to you. And as you nurture that, you all of a sudden realize this is the voice of the Lord. These aren't my thoughts. This Ooh. is the voice of my God. Wow. 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 One of the things that I, as I write, one of the things that one of the way that I have gotten inspiration through the years is what we call journaling. And when you yep. write things down, what, you, you find out, you know, as you read, read your notes, you find out one of three things about who is the speaker there. It is either you or the enemy, or this is actually how God talks. And as you are able to discern these things, the more you spend time writing these things down, you begin to realize this is how God speaks or no, this is really how I speak after having a bad pizza. You know, or or this is how the enemy tries to draw me away. And so then you can begin to realize the actual voice of the bridegroom speaking to his bride or the father speaking to his child or any one of those analogies. And as you do that, you begin to say, well, this is the voice of God, and here's what he wants me to do. And, and, and it's not like you're going to get it exactly right the first time. He's patient with us, and he helps us discern what his voice is and what it sounds like. Speak a little bit about that, if you would, and then we're going to encourage uh, people at the close of this show. I'm going to have you pray over and speak into the lives of the listeners so they can take this and see where God wants them to go as well. So let's talk a little bit about that, the the, the listening and discerning, which is the Lord's voice, which may be our voice, and which may be the enemy trying to wrongly influence us. Kathy Pelton. Yeah. Yeah, so often I, you know, I do teach a lot of people about hearing the voice of the Lord. And one of the ways we do that is is no different than we learn to ride a bike when you're a child yes. or learn to talk as a child. We listen. And, you know, one of the ways we do is what if what is what I'm hearing? Does it line with the word of God when it lines up with the word of God? I don't think the enemy is going to speak that to you. If he does, he's got it right for the first time, but I don't <laughs> think he's going to. So, you know, if, if it's there's often a voice also that comes in and says, what if, what if, what if the what ifs are normally the enemy. We also have our own voice that asks questions and doubts things and stuff. And that's why journaling can be important where you just begin to separate the precious from the worthless and, and, you begin to 
hone in because God speaks different ways to every person. And when we begin to practice hearing his voice and writing down or, or journaling or whatever it is, even if you record, however it is that you like to best do it, the things you're hearing and then align it with the word, what you'll do is you, very soon you'll know, oh, that's his voice. Yes. That's my voice. And that's the voice of the enemy. Yes, yes, yes. And one of the things that we, he, and we think we got it. Okay, this is his voice. This is the voice of the enemy. This is the voice of me. And what he does, he keeps fine-tuning us, you know? And sometimes I found in, in prayer that I think this is my voice. And he says, yeah, it's your voice, but I whispered it in your ear. So sometimes we have to be humble and say, you know what? God gave me this. Uh, I need to step into this with full confidence. And so some, sometimes he says, I, I've left this for you to speak. I've given this to you because I want you to share something, a nuance of me that other people have never heard before. We're going to go into the next uh, hour with somebody who has heard God's voice and is going to share some nuances of his voice that maybe you as a listener haven't heard before. But one of the things he does is he keeps fine-tuning us the closer, using the analogy of uh, God's children going out of Egypt into the promised land. Each step we go, God has a nuance to either get us closer or go around on the same mountain and if he want if if we're listening correctly he wants to take us from where we have been closer to that intimacy but if we misunderstand <laughs> we're around that same mountain over and over again you want to speak to that and then i'm going to have you speak a word of encouragement uh and even maybe uh, prophesy or speak into the lives of the listeners kathy pelton by the way kathy what a joy to have you on as co-host with me this first hour Thank you so much. Well, it's very interesting that you brought up um, crossing into the promised land, because that is one thing that's really on my heart to share during this um, this hour is that, you know, there is a lot of people live in the wilderness. They just kept camped there for 40 years. They've just been camped there. But this is such a time that God is calling us to cross over. But there's two reports coming to the people that are wanting to cross over into the promise and take the land. And one is a bad report. There's giants. It's too dangerous. Just stay where you're at. Don't risk your gift. Don't risk the things that are locked up inside you. Just stay and eat the manna and stuff. Or you, we can cross over. We can extend our staff of faith, cross that Jordan, and enter in because the Lord says there's clusters of grace. There's <laughs> clusters of grapes, and it's time to eat the fruits of Canaan. It is time oh to go and take the cities. And those are the things locked up in us. There are walled cities that we need to go march around inside of us, that when the walls come down, we will discover the beauty and the gift that Christ put within us. And it is time to cross into the promises, whether it's writing or worship or teaching or serving. It doesn't have to be a big public thing, but whatever it is, it's beautiful and and we can't live without your gift. We can't mm. live without what is behind, under those, behind those walls. And if the enemy has walled you in, it's time to trust <laughs> him and say, I'm going to focus on the fruit, not I on like the fruit. I like it. Oh. <laughs> Kathy Pelton, website for uh, Inscribed Ministries quickly? www.inscribedministries.com. Very good, Kathy Pelton. From Oregon and the Third Heaven, Kathy Pelton, thank you for joining us for this 
first hour. Uh, I'm going to have you give a very brief, like 30 uh, second encouragement to our listeners as we go into the break. But I just want to let you know, Kathy Pelton, what a joy to have you. You're a gal who knows the voice of God, who knows the character of God, because you uh, have experienced it and you've learned through sometimes trial and error. And uh, you are an inspiration to the rest of us. So spend 30 seconds to encourage our listeners and then we'll go into a break. So I just want to encourage each one of you, whatever the fear is, if that fear is higher in your life than the fear of the Lord, step into the fear of the Lord, because the fear of the Lord will give you courage. It'll make you brave. It'll cause you to cross over into the promises he has for you and to begin to take the land that he has promised you in your in your life, in your giftings. So do not let fear stop you. Let the fear of the Lord be your strength. Let it be your wisdom and let it propel you forward. <laughs> Kathy Pilton, thank you for joining us for this first hour. What an inspiration. And uh, my listening friend, inscribe ministries, look it up on the internet. You will be pleased about that, but God has a calling for you, and he wants you to discover it. And uh, we talked a little bit about uh, hearing God's voice in the next hour. We're going to spend some time with a guy who hears God's voice, maybe in a little unique way, but some of the things that he's going to give you from insights will tell you more about the character of God as we continue in this next hour. Kathy Pelton, thank you for joining us, my friend. Thank you. It's a pleasure. My listening friend, with my new guest, Bob Colucci, for this next hour I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ, San Marcos, Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas, FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. I'll tell the world, world, world. Oh, my friends. I'm so excited to share my next co-host with you. Uh, I'll... I'll uh, I'll share him with you. I think I'll just share him with you. But I, I don't want to give him away. I'll just let you borrow him. <laughs> Robert Colucci, good to have you with me. Thank you for having me, Kaz. It's a pleasure. You know, every once in a while you run into people that you just click with. And when I heard some of Robert's teaching, I go, uh, you know, I've heard pieces of this before from other sources, but I've never heard it put in exactly the same way. And some of the insights that God has given him, I, I, I say, let's go to lunch sometime. Let's talk a little bit more about it. And uh, he goes, yeah, and here's what I've seen. And I go, yeah, and here's what I've seen. And he goes, yeah, and here's what I've seen. And you look at your watch and it's midnight. <laughs> so uh, I really love the insights that you've given, Robert. And uh, can we spend a little bit of time talking about some of those? Absolutely. You know, one of the things in our last lunch endeavor, we said, you know, I said, what do you want to talk about? Because I figured you could go anywhere you wanted to because I've heard you teach before. You could do so many different things. But you said, let's talk about the character of God and identify four aspects of the character of God. And let's use each one of our segments, the four segments, to identify those four character traits. But, you know, the more uh, I heard, heard you talk about this, it's not only, you know, just limiting the four character traits to one area of Scripture. You go all over the place. So let's talk a little bit about the four, the four character traits of God, uh, Robert Colucci, and uh, let's see where God stirs this. My listening friend, I'm praying right now that Robert's words are an ins- inspiration to you. There's nothing better than to understand the character of God because he wants you to know him 
because he wants to know you. Robert, how do you want to start? Well, we, we, we want to try to break it up into four pieces. Uh, we're, uh, we're talking about a, a being who's, who's divine, but yet he's human. Yes. A being who's, a, who's a, a conquering king, but yet he's a suffering servant. Yes. And apparently these are contradictions, but somehow he makes them all come together and, <laughs> and, it, and it works as one being with these four dimensions. Yeah, you know, the, our listeners, probably many of them are Christians, and probably the best starting point would be actually in the Gospels. Because a lot of people, you know, if, you know, if they're a believer, you know, we, we know that you can find out a lot about the character and the personality of the Lord Jesus Christ by studying the Gospels. But yes, let's just use that as the springboard in the first, uh, our first of four segments to talk about uh, the Lord and his character traits as illustrated in the Gospels. So I'm going to hand it off to you, Robert Colucci. Yes, it's it's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. Uh, in the New Testament, you have the four Gospels. Each one of the Gospels is, in effect, one of these four uh, quadrants. For example, Matthew focuses on Jesus being the king. He's the king of the Jews. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. That's the first book. That's how he introduces himself to Israel as their king. Uh, then you have John, for example. John focuses on Jesus' divinity. Uh He's uh, repeated many times as the, uh, the word is God. Mm-hmm. And uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then you have Luke who uh, traces his humanity all the way back to Adam. So over there you see that you have a man. And then, of course, we have the, the suffering servant, which is uh, in the Gospel of Mark. So these four characteristics, which in the Old Testament are represented by animals, different images. For example, the divinity is represented by the eagle. Yes. The king is represented by the lion. Yeah. The suffering servant is represented by the ox. Uh, and the physical humanity of God is represented by a man. I can hardly wait for this entire hour because we're going to excavate those truths uh, one at a time in each one of these segments. So let's talk about the uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you know, because each one carries a, a portion of his divinity. And I have my favorite book in the Gospels is Luke, uh, you know, because really Luke is kind of like he was a, the doctor and he really deals with stuff from from a, a human perspective. And we need to really, that is a, a good stepping stone to into the other character traits for me. So that's why I liked Luke. What's, what was your, what's your favorite book of the Gospels and why? Well, uh, I, th- I thought I used to be the, the suffering servant, but hanging around, <laughs> uh, hanging around uh, rabbis and going to Israel lately, uh, they taught me how to focus a lot more on his king yes. aspect and also his humanity. They focus more on the physical. The church tends to focus more on the spiritual side yes. of God. So uh, hanging out with, uh, w- with Orthodox rabbis, they, they're kind of bringing you more down to earth. Yes. Uh, they they joke about me saying you're so heavenly minded that you're no, no earthly good. I, my wife, I, I, my wife has mentioned that a few times to me. <laughs> so uh, it's very important for us to understand the physicality of God mm-hmm. uh, and His spiritual side, His uh, servant attitude, the fact that He forgives sins, uh, but also that He's a conquering King who comes to judge and to rule to take physical control of this planet. And you'll find that in the book of Mark. Of course, it's sprinkled everywhere, but that may be one of the main focuses of the the book of Mark, the suffering servant. Absolutely. You you look at the ox. The ox is an animal that uh, 
It carries burdens that are not its own. Uh, You put a wooden yoke on it, and then it carries it. Uh, It plows a field that's hard, Hmm. like like a hardened heart that has to get (laughs) plowed. And then on top of it, it gets whipped, not because it's doing anything wrong. Uh, So, And then after it does all that, it gets killed. Oh my! Yeah, does that remind sacrifice. You? Oh, sacrifice. Sac- oh, <laughs> does that remind you oh. of anybody? <laughs> it gives me tingles. That's yeah. exactly right. So that's that symbol of ox. Yes. So there, there you go with the book of of Mark, and and I love a Matthew too. The the kingly aspect of him. Well, the kingly aspect is represented by the image of a lion. Yes. And lions, uh, they. They don't, uh, they don't get sacrificed. They rule with full authority. They are the king of the jungle. Uh, they, don't, uh, they don't put up with anybody challenging their authority. They're, uh, the, the, they, they violently destroy their enemies. And this is an aspect of the Messiah that we tend to forget, the fact that he's coming back to rule the earth with a rod of iron. And, and now in the Jewish mindset, they're waiting for this strong, strong hand Messiah that's going to uh, reestablish the throne of David. But in Christian circles, we've kind of ignored this. We've uh, we, we focused on the sacrifice, the, the suffering servant, but the conquering king, as far as a physical conquering king here on earth, we've kind of downplayed it. Wow. So you, you're saying basically with this, put, the, put a framework on your mind and say, oh, I want you, God wants us to understand every single facet of his character. Not He's, just two of them. Not just, exactly. Not just two of them, but also we really need to understand that he is the returning king. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah and beyond. You, you, you've read the, maybe the Chronicles of Narnia. My yes. listening friend, perhaps you have as well. One of my favorite lines in there is where Aslan is introduced by a third party in, in, in Narnia and he says, you know, you want to meet Aslan, who was is the lion. He goes, you need to know this, that Aslan is not a tame lion. Exactly. In, in other words, you know, you need to realize that he's, you know, the representation of the Godhead. And, uh, you know, you, you, sometimes we want to see him as the lamb. And there's validity in that for sure. But not only the lamb. But not only the lamb. That's the key. Also, the line. We've got about one minute left in this segment, so would you kind of draw a nice bow around these four different elements in the Gospels, and then we're going to dive into some other areas of Scripture that identify the four different types. And we we learned basically in the four Gospels about this, the character of the Godhead, but we're going to dig into it in other areas as well. How do you want to end this segment in the next minute? Well, let's look at the the Gospel of John. The, yes. the 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 aspect of the eagle. The eagle is the, the the apex predator that flies very high. It's it sees everything. You it sees you. You don't see it. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's omniscient. It's omnipresent. That's the divinity representation of God. Uh, it's kind of uh, in the spiritual sense, but he has he has authority, but you just can't see him. So the physicality of God stands in contrast to its to his spiritual nature, and his suffering servant side stands in contrast to his conquering king. But if you remove any one of these four characteristics, you miss it. You miss the you, fullness of his. You, you no longer have Jehovah. You have somebody else. Wow, wow, wow! My, my listening friend, this is an encouragement to all of us, and that is, we have comfort zones. You know, I, my favorite book. Uh, is Luke uh, because it really brings me the humanity part and I feel comfortable with that. You know, I I appreciate the doctor's mentality of Dr. Luke. But if I I miss the other marks, I've missed some vital uh, stepping stones and building elements of, of God. 
And God wants us to take all of these things. And he reminds us of this throughout Scripture. So while we used the Gospels to talk about this, Robert, would you join me and kind of share with our listeners some of the other aspects in other parts of Scripture that identify this fourfold character of God? Well, you could read it about it in Ezekiel. It, it, it describes literally a beast that has four faces. One is an eagle, one is a man, one is a lion, <laughs> and one is an ox. Yes, it, yes. It's uh, represented again in Revelation chapter 4. So yes, yes, yes. You, you'll see it throughout Scripture. But we're going to dig into that. Is that okay with you, Robert? Absolutely. My listening friend, I, he, I'd like to tease you a little bit about what we're going to be doing in the remainder segments of this hour. So, uh, Robert Colucci, get ready with an ink pen, by the way, or a pencil and, and a blank pad because you're going to be sketching a lot of notes on that. So, Robert Colucci and I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. And welcome back, my friends. A stirring conversation about the character of God. The first... uh, segment we talked about the gospels matthew mark luke and john and seeing the different character traits presented or portrayed in each one of the uh, the gospels there but you know it's it's the truth of god's character is throughout the scripture and uh, robert colucci is with me the wonderful teacher and inspirational guy Uh, i love this guy we're going to talk a little bit more about how this ties in, not only to the New Testament, my friend, at the close of this hour, I'm going to stir you to, and Robert and I are going to stir you to dig into more than just the New Testament. And Robert, why don't you talk just a little bit about the harmony of the Old Testament and the New Testament, and what happens if you spend all your time focusing on one component uh, or just maybe one or two components of the Godhead and miss the other ones. I mean, what are the dangers there? Robert Colucci, Old Testament, New Testament, and the value of looking at the broad picture. Well, this image is painted in the Old Testament as well. If you do a research on the word branch, you'll see that this branch is used four times. One time it's the branch of God, one time is the branch is a king, and one time the branch is a human, and one time the branch is a servant. So this this four quadrants of God's character is both in the old and the new. Now, so what's the, what's the danger if we uh, emphasize one and ignore the others? Well, let's look at uh, uh, the Islamic faith, for example, looks at two aspects of God's character. God's as a, as a divine entity and, and as a conquering king. Yes. But he's not a servant. He's not a guy that sacrifices for you. He's not a guy who's going to wash your feet. He's, he's aloof. He's, he's, uh, he's big. He's powerful. But he's not your daddy. Yes. He's not your Abba. Oh. Uh, uh, I look at the, the God of uh, Buddhism and Hinduism, for example. That God, he, he, uh, he's not a conquering king at all. He lets things be. Uh, he trains you to look at a mess and just accept it. Don't clean it up. Just uh, absorb it into your heart. Yes. It's completely different than the idea that our God, which is I gave you a planet and I want you to tend it. I want you uh-huh. to conquer it as a co-reigner with me. Yes. That idea is not in Buddhism. Uh, in, in rabbinic Judaism, you have the idea of a Messiah, but he's not divine. He's not a suffering servant. He's a conquering king. He's human. But the problem is that he's not divine. So what happens after 40 years when he dies? This, yes. all, uh, this all starts all over again. I need somebody greater than David. I need somebody greater than Moses. Yes. Um, 
And then let's look at the, the, the God that we paint from the Christian side. We paint him as a divine entity. We paint him as a suffering servant. But we completely forget about his physicality, the fact that he's coming back here on earth yes. to establish a physical kingdom from the throne of David, from Jerusalem, and his kingdom will establish itself all over the earth. Well, one of the things that I see that's a danger that I have fallen into sometimes, and that is sometimes we just take the one that's most comfortable to us. And hug them. And hug that. And ignore the other and three. And ignore the other three. And what that puts us into is when he comes back, he's not coming back as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. He's coming back as a lion. So if our mentality d- disallows that the character traits of a lion, or if our uh, a- a- aspect of him uh, disallows, you know, the different character traits of a a man or God Himself or any one of those different aspects, we're going to misunderstand what we're looking for. And when He appears uh, in His power, but also in His grace and mercy and humanity, we're going to miss that. And that's vitally important. He wants to know every us to know every aspect of Him. So, I want to speak to a little bit more about that, my listening friend? Here's the danger. You know, we go. He's the Lamb of God, and He kind of suffers the challenges that are, He's faced with. But also, this is, this is the time frame where we need to be looking at him, not only as the lamb, which is valuable and true, but he's also the conquering lion. And part of our character has to be that conquering lion because he's going to be calling on us to roar in these last and difficult times. Robert? Yes, he's not portrayed as a doormat. He's, he's portrayed as a Lord of hosts. So even though in the first coming, he didn't choose to use that power and strength and authority, it doesn't mean that he didn't have it. And uh, many times when he got arrested, he he took a step forward and then people fell down like bowling pins. Mm-hmm. He gave you a glimpse of the lion. Yes. It didn't it didn't fully roar. Uh, but he, when Peter whipped out the sword, he says, Peter, this is not this is not the time to fight right now. If I wanted to bring the angels down, I could bring the whole army at will. So but uh, I'm choosing to be meek. But don't confuse it with me being weak. weak that's right. It's not the same thing. Meekness and weakness are, are two totally, totally different things. <laughs> Uh, so when we paint Jesus as someone who forgives everything and everyone, and he becomes our personal mopper of our of our sins, uh, we've we've characterized him in a, an inappropriate way. And we we lose our own accountability. In other words, God will take care of it. Of it's course, not a, not a problem. And sometimes he says, "I'm going to take care of it through you." What? Exactly. The <laughs> fact that it, there's a physicality aspect to it, that God expects us to be involved with this, just like a, a father and a son, that the father expects the son to be involved in the family. Yes. Uh, the, the, the husband expects the wife to co-rule the, the household. Say the, that again. I mean, that's a, <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's a real vital component. In this. Yes. God is, is, the, is the, the husband, we're the wife. He's the father, we're the son. But a normal relationship between father and son or between husband and wife, it's not that one decides everything and the other one is just a doormat that follows along uh, like a silent tale uh, those are perversions of his character and yet that's sometimes we sell that uh, the idea that God is sovereign he decides everything and we're just along for the ride yes. but that's that's not what humanity has been designed we were designed to co-rule this garden with him yes and let's just explore this just for one moment because you said something that really touches my heart and uh, husbands and wives I want you to pay close attention to this it's and made them collectively in the image uh, and likeness of God so it's it's not only you sir and it's not only you ma'am but it's the homogenization of the two that become one flesh and that's when you have beauty my my and so that's an encouragement for us to realize whom God has surrounded us with and that we can work in tandem and in harmony with one another. 
Exactly. Now, let's, let's say you leave God out of the picture. <laughs> what you're left with is secular humanism, the yes. idea that man can do everything all on his own, with our own mind, with our own strength. Yes. We don't need God for anything. Uh, just uh, with enough time, I will evolve into fixing all the problems without God. That's as, that's as ludicrous as the 10-year-old kid who thinks he's going to run the family without his mom and dad. Yes. It's crazy. It doesn't work. But one of the things that we tend to do is, be, let's say we take that uh, as our mentality, you know, that... Uh, God's going to ultimately fix it or that eventually we will be called to do this without God in the equation. What we're doing is we're making ourselves the superior supreme being and disallowing God's intervention. Well, both errors will lead you to disaster. If saying that God's going to fix it without man or saying that man is going to fix it without God Mm -hmm. are both unbiblical ideas. God wants to fix this planet with us. As the scripture reminds me of and says that an unjust balance is an abomination to God. So the whole idea in God's provision for intimate relationship with us is to co-reign with us for a thousand years, but also to begin that co-reigning right now. We need to practice. Right now, you're in the practicing <laughs> stage, and he, he literally says that you, you need to rule over your, your mind, you need to rule over your body, you need to rule over whatever territory he gives you. If you rule over that territory in a faithful manner, then when the kingdom starts, he can take that faithfulness and expand it over a city, over a nation, over a continent. I, I like that. Let me, let me extrapolate from that, and you can speak to it in a minute or two that we have after this. But sometimes, my friend, identify with a lion or an ox or an eagle or a man, sometimes you carry, you say, I feel more comfortable by being the, the, uh, the, the eagle and seeing the broad picture of things. And that's all that I worry about. Or I want to be the king of the household. And this is what I say. And what I say goes, or, you know, I want to be that lamb that whatever, you know, just take care of me, honey, that, that kind of thing, or the humanity thing, or we choose to be comfortable in that area. And God is saying, I want you to wake up. I want you to embrace all these facets. So sometimes God's saying, you've been the lamb for long enough. It's time for you to take some authority that I've given you and to make a stand for things. We've got about a minute left in this segment. I want you to speak to that to our listening friends, because uh, some may identify with one aspect of the character of God, and God's saying, I want you to expand those tent pegs, Robert. Yes, we, we all know that the, the guy in the church who he prays about everything. He, he, he can't even make a decision on, on, on what restaurant to have lunch in. It's like if, if your child were to behave that way, asking you, you know, Dad, what should I do? How, how, wanting you to do his homework for him. After a while, you would be like, hey, <laughs> uh, it's not my homework, it's your homework. He, the, the dad wants the son to grow up in his full potential. Yes. I don't want to be uh, a, an enabler. So God wants to co-rule with us. Uh, he's, he's trying to teach us how to think on our own and use these gifts that he's given us, always with a spirit of thankfulness, yes. but never letting go of the fact that he wants you to be involved in the redemption and the re- restoration of this planet. Yes, yes. And, and my listening friend, here's the deal. If you feel really more comfortable in one facet of the character of God than another, that's fine as long as you don't say, period, that's the end of the sentence. You can go ellipsis, dot, 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 and God, what do you want me to do from this point forward? And he's going to change you from a single dimension person to a multi-dimensional person, and he's going to have people come to your left and to your right to 
uh, fulfill you in, in many different ways. And, and so, Robert, I'm inspired by what you're sharing here because it's taking me from, a, uh, you know, looking through a single telescope into binoculars and through, you know, multifaceted looking devices so we can three, see 3D in all of this. And in the next segment, would you be so kind as to uh, walk us through some of the prophets in Scripture? I, I particularly like uh, Ezekiel and the book of Revelation and Daniel to talk a little bit about the character of God as seen there. Would you be so kind to do that in the next segment? Of course. Well, there you go. Robert Kalushi himself has said he will do this. So <laughs> I don't want you to stray too far from this radio broadcast. We'll Right after the commercial back, Robert Kalushi and I will be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. This is Rob Stark, pastor of Lampladder Revival Center. There's a time and a season we're entering right now where the new wine is being released and we all get to drink of it. Come together, San Diego, with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K Praise. And I'm back with Robert Colucci wonderful Bible teacher who sees things, uh, he, he, he likes to look at things not only from a singular viewpoint, but he likes to look at it from multiple angles and share that as an inspiration to us. And I, I'm really thrilled to have Robert with us as we talk about the four, there are many, many more character traits of God than just these four, but we'll use these four as our springboard into this. In uh, previous segments, we talked about, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We've talked about the harmony of the Old Testament and the New. We're going to dig a little bit more deeply in this. You know, Scripture has a lot to say about the branch or branches, and we want to dig more deeply into that. In the, in, Robert, I, I know we talked about this in the break, and I'm thrilled about where you want to take this. I'll set it up for you. I'll hand the baton uh, to you, and that baton is actually a branch. <laughs> <laughs> well, <But> you, <laughs> branch capital B, what we're uh, talking about. Branch capital B. But Jesus said in in John chapter 15, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. So there's a real analogy here about uh, he being the branch, but also there are branches connected to to that branch. And each one of those things is vital. And if you neglect any of those branches, you are neglecting an important aspect of the character of God. So that's the New Testament. The Old Testament is filled with areas that speak about uh, the branch and the char- different character traits. I'm going to hand the, the the branch off to you, Robert Colucci, to inspire our listening friends. Yeah, you, you see that the branch is, is, is literally identified as the king in Jeremiah 23.5. The branch is identified as a man in Zechariah 6.12. The branch is identified as a servant in, in Zechariah 3.8. And the branch is identified as Jehovah himself, capital L-O-R-D, as a lord in Isaiah 4.2. And so if when you look at God under these four characteristics or these four segments, it also helps you understand what he's wanting you to look like. If you want to be a good father, you have to have these four elements. If you want to be a good son, you have to have these four elements. If you want to be a good husband or a good father, uh, you remove any one or any two or any three of these, and you'll start tilting the, the ship one way or the other. Yes. Now, obviously, you're not going to get it perfectly just right. There's only one being that gets it perfectly just right. <laughs> However, you should at least know which spectrum 
you're coming from. So if you find yourself being too much of a, you know, I forgive everything and everyone, maybe you need to take a little dose of a vitamin lion. <laughs> if you find yourself chewing people out all the time and being overly uh, uh, judgmental uh, and you're always uh, in cop mode. Then in the cop COP mode. In the cop COP <laughs> mode, maybe you need to to remember there's a suffering servant, a, a God who who bends down and washes people's feet and loves people in a, in a in a soft, touching way. Yes, yes. And, and the fun thing about this is this is not something that you uh, he, the Lord says uh, I've told you once. Now get it. He every place you look in Scripture, you can find these nuances, and He's instructing us as we go. Because his ultimate desire is to have that intimate relationship with us and other people. And sometimes you can be, let's say you are in lion mode and somebody else is in sheep or oxen or human mode. As we bond together, it's you are the, uh, he is the vine and we are the branches, plural. And all of a sudden, we can not only take nourishment from the vine, which is the Lord himself, but we are the kind of the sub-branches in that, and we can take nourishment from the other branches as well. And somebody to my left and to my right can help inspire me to be less uh, demonstrative and a little bit more humble, for example. Absolutely. If you if you look at a, at a judge, a judge who forgives everyone who comes across his his bench... That judge that's is worthless, a judge. and a judge who condemns everyone that comes across his desk—that's not—that's not a good judge either. What you're looking for is someone who punishes unrepented evil, but he forgives repented hearts. We say that again. That's one of those golden nuggets. Uh, the, the, the the differentiator between a good judge and a poor one, or one who's overly permissive versus one who's a tyrant, is one who understands the ability to forgive a repentant heart. And yet, and or to punish an unrepented uh, purveyor of evil. My my. And that is what. That's why God gives that job only to Himself, because at the end of the day, it's very complicated to see who gets forgiveness and who gets uh, judgment. Uh, but at the end of the day, once you understand how He judges and how He thinks and how He wants uh, His planet to run then you could become a partaker and be part of that equation. You know, the scripture talks about in certain areas that you shall judge nations. It says you shall judge angels. I mean, but he's not going to give the gavel of responsibility to somebody who does not properly bear it. And now is the time frame for us to learn these lessons. Look in government right now. I mean, the gavel of judgment is being abused. And what I think God wants us to do is to balance mercy and judgment together. And it's we and the government and we in politics sometimes want to just bear one and not the other. We'll take the one that gives us authority, but we won't take the one that requires our humility. That's exactly right. We, we, if we have a dictator that has absolute power, he, does, he doesn't have love. He's not benevolent. He's going to make a mess. You, th- you, know, you think of somebody <laughs> like Hitler. On the other hand, you have a king or you have a president like in our nation, uh, and you really can't get anything done because there's no coalition. Even in Israel today, they elect uh, a president, but he can't get anything done because he does not have enough authority yes. and, and, and uh, enough sovereignty in essence. So the balancing of sovereignty, authority, uh, and uh, and power yes. is very complex. And if you get it right, you have a beautiful planet. If you get it wrong, Whew. Ooh. <laughs> you get where we are in many nations today. <laughs> uh, well, you'll either get, you know, the, what the world looked like before World War II, where it was a mess, or after World War II, where 
we use that authority to just blow ourselves up because we can figure out which way, which way is right. My, my, my. So a couple of minutes left in this segment. I want you to take, you've got the, the teacher mantle hat on right now. I want you to take that off and replace it with the, uh, the, uh, the dad figure. Uh, you're a dad in the natural, but I also want you to be kind of a father figure to our listening friends. And I want you to not only pray over them, but I want you to declare over each one of us uh, that maybe have majored in one and disregarded the other for our balance to be able to hear the fullness of God's intent so we can be more appropriately whom God has called us to be. Would you be so kind as to change hats a little bit and speak into this to our listening friends, Robert Colucci? Well, as a father, uh, you want to establish law and order. If you do it too much, your children start looking at you like a tyrant, uh, if if they start looking at you like a cop who says, every time I walk into the room, all I feel is that I'm judged and I really can't wait for you to leave, uh, you've probably gone too far yes. on, the, on the cop scale. Uh, on the other hand, if, uh, if, you, if you're permissive, you're overly indulgent, you're lax, you tolerate all kinds of wickedness and evil, you never discipline the children at all. Uh, the kids will start accusing you of saying, you know, Dad, I wish you would have been firmer with me. I've talked to people who are 30 years old and says, I've gotten in all kinds of problems oh because my. Dad never told me, never held a line. He never judged me. He never gave me any discipline. He was, he was, uh, he was, he was too much of an ox. <laughs> my, my. Yes, yes, yes. So you have to have, uh, you have to be an ox. You have to be a lion, both and. Would you pray this over our listening friends, what you just spoke? Well, God, I, I, I pray that we we can understand your character uh, more perfectly. And once we understand your character more perfectly, we can start replicating it and we can start uh, behaving in that way, whether we're a father, whether we're a mother, whether we're a husband, uh, or even whether we're a son. Because fundamentally, uh, sometimes we are one of all four of those characters. And I... Uh, I, I pray that he opens up our eyes and rebalances us into mirror, mirroring his characteristics. Yes, yes. Robert Colucci, stay with us for the last segment because we're going to bring all this stuff together. And I think we're going to key on this phrase that you just used, uh, rebalances us. My listening friend, God wants to align us, realign us, rebalance us. And uh, Robert and I are going to spend the last segment talking to you about what this looks like from Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, when teacher Robert Clucci and I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Kaz Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. And I am back with uh, excellent teacher of God's Word, Robert Colucci. And uh, we've been talking about the stirring topic. Uh, Robert, uh, I'm compelled by the way you see Scripture and you've been able to identify uh, four particular character traits. Of course, God has his infinite, but these are lessons that he wants us to learn because if we can begin to handle these four different character traits, we will have something that called balance, and God wants us to be balanced individuals. We've talked a, a bit about what these look like. We've used Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, the prophetic word, the, the, le, the, the word in the, in the law and in the prophets. Uh, uh, let's spend some time really bringing this home. You know, one, one of the things that I w- want you to talk a little bit about is, you know, sometimes we see things from a, from a 
vertical standpoint and say, God, you got it, uh, and, and I'm just kind of down here. However you impact this, I, I'll just kind of listen and obey. And the other piece is the horizontal piece, and that is God gives us, he, the Bible talks about him putting the solitary into families, and the family unit is something that can do a lot of things that an individual can't. So God wants us to become this multiple character of God, and he uses family to communicate this, but he also wants to talk to us vertically as well. So I'm going to hand it off to you to talk a little bit about the horizontal relationship, but also the vertical relationship, and what does this mean to us and getting us to where God wants us to go. Robert Colucci. See, if if you take God out of your life completely, you end up coming up with ideas like... uh, I, I, I did it. I do everything my way. I'm, I'm never changing. I was born this way. Uh, I never apologize to anybody. Basically, I'm me, and the whole universe has to bend to the way I am. Yes. I'm unfixable. I'm unchangeable. And that's exactly the opposite of what God's trying to do, saying, no, you're, you are built in a way that I need to mold you and, 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 and shape you into your final, uh, the, the way you're supposed to look when the, when the job is finished. But if you don't let him do that, you're going to grow in, 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 in that perverted uh, direction. And you're, not, and you're going to literally lose your humanity. Why? Because humanity, whether you're a husband or a father, it happens when you achieve this understanding of servant, crossing the line between a suffering servant and a conquering king or the balance between your spiritual world and your physical world. You can't ignore one or the other. My, my, my. You know, you look at Scripture, and you see these illustrated throughout Scripture. One of the things that stirs me is, as I look, you know, in the days of when Moses passed the baton uh, to Joshua and taking the land. First of all, God intervened for sure, and he was responsible for the victory, but he didn't uh, you couldn't depend on him exclusively for the victory because the all the tribes needed to be together. I've given you the land, now go take it. Now go take it. So well, let's relate that to modern day terms. Uh, my listening friend, I, God says, I've given you the promises. But no. now, you, now you have to co-make them happen <laughs> with me. If Moses' hands started coming down, yeah, all I'll, of a sudden yeah. the battle started being lost. Did God really need Moses' hands to, 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 to help him? No, he was doing that to, to establish a relationship with humanity, where it's like, I want to co-rule this planet with you. So uh, if, we have, if we don't have this in our DNA, we're going to have an escapist mentality where everything physical will be uh, abhorrent to us. And we're just, we just can't wait to leave earth and go to heaven. So we're not, we're not waiting for a redeemer. We're not waiting for a deliverer of this planet. We're basically we're waiting for an evacuator, wow. someone who's going to take us away into the spiritual puffy cloud. And what are we going to do over there for a thousand years or for, for the rest of eternity? The, the whole idea of, of taking this planet and fixing the mess that we've made for 6,000 years in a co-rulership with the proper king out of the nation of Israel, that's what makes humanity worthwhile. That's, wow. what, makes, that's what makes me want to live. Yes. You know, the whole idea about Jesus is coming back so that we can rule and reign with him for a thousand years. Well, what, 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 what's it about? He wants to train us in the ruling and reigning. And the training of ruling and reigning has to be that balance of that four 
full character of God and how right now is a learning time for us to understand this so that when he says now it's time for us to rule and reign together we go yeah well, what does that mean he goes no the, 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 you have learned these things I have taught you about these things so that we can co-rule and co-reign together and that means you need to be in the thick of these things and to be instrumental as the problem is solved speak a little bit about those things Robert well, the word redeemer is is we have to uh, we and God has to fix this planet. If He takes everybody off and he, we evacuate this planet and he and He just burns it and we get a new heaven and a new earth, the whole redemption process has been skipped. So before we get a new heaven and a new earth, we have to fix the one we got. Yes, like, but it, but the whole point is is we have to fix it under God's tutelage and direction as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a partnership. If we, we cannot fix it without him, and he won't fix it without us. And he won't fix it without us. Yeah. Wow, what a profound thought that is. How do we get from here to there? I mean, some people are saying escapism, you know, difficult times are coming. He's going to take us out. We don't have to worry about it. And other people are saying, we can handle this. Uh, give me the sword, and I'll do that. There's somewhere in between, which we're, there's interdependence between the creator and the created, and what does that look like? Well, Joshua and Caleb got it right. The 10 spies <laughs> that says, there's no way we can do this, we're afraid, let's get out of here and let's run. The escapist mentality, that actually was an offense to God. Joshua and Caleb says, hey, with God's help, we can do we can do this. Yes, but it was, it was uh, Joshua and Caleb. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So that's who we need to model. We need, wow. to, we need to copy that heart. Uh, the, the idea that, hey, we don't need God, we can do this all on our own. Uh, that's not working out for us. Yes. You know, I was just reading today in the book of Ezekiel where, you know, there's everybody knows the scripture about the dry bones and things like that, but there's an analogy right after that where you have uh, Ephraim uh, and Judah as two separate sticks, and Ephraim would really be tied to Joshua, and uh, Judah uh, would, be, would be tied to... Um, uh, uh, Caleb, Caleb was a Judah was uh, the tribe of Judah, and so what God says, I want you to pay close attention to this. I, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take this stick called uh, uh, of Joshua or Ephraim, and I'm going to take this stick of uh, uh, Judah uh, of Judah, and I'm going to put them together, and they will become one in the hand. So God's and, saying, I, I, here's the deal. I want you to understand this is not a one person. Uh, venture, but it is also entrusting me to merge those two things together. So wherever you are right now, I think God is saying, I want you to merge with other people because it's going to be my plan through you collectively. Well, uh, in Judaism, they have the concept of Messiah ben Joseph and Messiah ben David. If you noticed, Ephraim comes from Joseph. Yes. Joseph was the suffering servant. Yes. Uh, Messiah ben David is the conquering king. Yes. So Jesus, when he came the first time, he fulfilled his mission as the suffering servant. Yes. We're waiting for him to fulfill his mission as the conquering king on, yes. the, on the throne of David. Or the other way to say it would be, uh, he came, came as a lamb first and, and then, a lion. And if, if, you, if you recognize him as the lamb, eventually you'll get to rule with him as a lion. <laughs> we have about two minutes left in this show. And my friend, I hope you've been stirred by uh, Robert Colucci's insights and the the fourfold character. There's many more facets as well, but if you can understand these, then you're on the right track of that intimacy vertically and horizontally. How do you want to end this, Robert? Well, I'd like to, uh, to encourage people to go back and read Ezekiel and Revelation chapter 4, where it talks about these four beasts 
And now instead of reading it like it's some some weird animal out of a science fiction movie, understand, understand that this is actually God painting a picture of himself using characteristics of animals that have elements that describe a portion of his character in its entirety. Yes. And once you figure out a way to unite that picture into one, A, you'll understand his character, and then B, you'll understand what he wants from you. Yes, and, but this you is not a singular you. You'll realize that God has this you being... Humanity. Hum, the godly kids who want to join alongside of you, the family. As you said at the very beginning of this teaching time, Robert, this is a family affair. This is a, and it's that's a horizontal why and vertical and family affair. that's why he affair. calls himself the father. That's why he calls himself the husband. We're the bride. He's the, he's the husband. Once you understand the relationship between husband and wife, what a beautiful couple looks yes. like, or what a great relationship looks like between father and son, you'll understand what God has designed with how he wants to relate with his creation called humanity. Yes. So my listening friend, as we wind down this wonderful hour with Robert Colucci, I guess the point is to dig more deeply into scripture, but don't dig uh, with uh, an eye patch over one eye. He wants you to see the full dimension of his plans, his character. So the area where you're strong, look for somebody else around you that has a strength in a different area and partner with them. And when you have questions, come to the guy who will speak to you uh, from from the heart, inside and out. And when you put these things together, that you will have the relationship between father and son, but you'll have the relationship between husband and wife. You'll have the relationship between God and Adam walking in the garden. He wants all these things for you because he wants intimacy. Robert Kalushi, thank you for joining us on this Come Together San Diego broadcast. One very quick 20-second, 30-second uh, encouragement to our listeners, and then we're going to have to say sayonara. Robert? Well, thank you, Cass, for having me. Uh, this is always, uh, it's always fun for me. I uh, appreciate the time. It's a pleasure. And if anything, uh, you, 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 can, you can tell me how we can get people to uh, embrace yes. these four quadrants of God's character. There, there it is. You heard it from Robert Kalushi. My listening friend, thank you for joining us on Come Together San Diego. Next week, we're going to have a wonderful time as well. I always look for people who have insights that can share with you, but also can be an inspiration for you. So on behalf of all the Come Together San Diego crew, we say God bless you and see you next week. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise.